He's amused Cam Newton. Just ask that question one more time. He's been insulted by Charles Barkley. When some idiot in the press asked him, if you know what you know now, what you have scheduled this game. He's interviewed Matthew McConaughey. I do say go Tar Heels. And he's taken on Big Blue Nation. As he, he's just completely taken the wind out of my sails. <laughs> it's time for the drive with Josh Graham. You are on a Thursday drive. WSJS News Talk Sports for the Triad. And it would appear the Panthers quarterback competition is a wrap. According to The Athletic last night, Baker Mayfield is expected to be named the starter. Huh? Shocker. And an announcement could be imminent. Nobody is shocked by this. And the timing of this report makes a lot of sense because it's pretty clear the clock's run out on Matt Rule. He can no longer, at least with a straight face, deny what's been obvious for weeks now. That Baker is the better choice for this team. Take tomorrow night's game in Foxborough, for example. If Baker starts, is Matt going to say... It was just for today, for the second straight week. Is he going to tell us he flipped the coin? By the way, rewatched Old Country for Old Men for the first time in a long time last night. Great coin flipping in that movie. A lot of movie talk this hour. WD watched Rocky for the first time last night. Adrian! At the movies later this hour. So uh, you might think... Well, couldn't he buy himself a little bit of time by not playing the starters at all tomorrow night? Well, in doing that, Baker would be denied some more live action with the first team. It's live action, Tracy. You want to do that? Also, if the starters don't play, then Rule will have seen everything through the second preseason game in Foxborough, which he told us that's when he was going to learn who's separating who starters were going to be. We learned that Iki Aquanu was going to be the starting left tackle a few days ago. It's long past time that we get this announcement that Baker is the guy. And the tape and numbers don't lie. <laughs> if you watch video of practice, you see Baker throwing deep balls, completing deep balls, pushing the ball down the field in ways that Sam Darnold can't. When you look at the numbers, just take yesterday as an example. Baker Mayfield was... 10 of 16 with the touchdown pass, no interceptions in team periods. Darnold, 13 of 18, two touchdowns, but two interceptions. According to the Charlotte Observer, Baker has had better numbers than Darnold by a 7-3 to margin in padded practices. But to be clear, Darnold hasn't been bad. He's made this respectable, but just as clearly... Baker's been better. And never forget this. The Panthers brought in two quarterbacks this offseason for a reason. They didn't intend on Sam Darnold to be the guy. That's why they pursued Deshaun Watson, who we'll get to in a second. That's why they traded up to take Matt Corral in the third round. That's why they brought Baker Mayfield in the day after the 4th of July. Because at every turn, Carolina knew they needed better play at that position that ideally it would not be good for the team if Darnold was the starting quarterback heading into that Cleveland game. Now I just bet Carolina's trying to spin this to make this, we're doing right by Sam Darnold, doing what's best for him, all that. Because they took it in the teeth the way they handled Cam Newton the first time. 
and the way they handled Teddy Bridgewater a year ago, leading to Teddy, who never badmouths anybody, badmouthing the Panthers on a podcast, and Joe Brady a little over a year ago. They want to avoid that. But Matt Rule can no longer avoid the obvious. Baker Mayfield is going to be named the Panthers' starting quarterback. On Twitter, at WSJS Radio, 336-777-1600 is the phone number if you want in on this news or the Deshaun Watson news. A lot to do. Will Dalton, the executive producer of this show, are you now jacked to watch more Rockies? Do you want to watch Rocky 2 and 3 and 4? You could skip over Rocky 5. No one cares about that. Even the Rocky Balboa movie, not so great. The Creed movie is really good. How excited, how invigorated are you to watch more Rockies? I want to watch some more. I do. So Ro- Rocky 5, not not all that? Stay away from Rocky 5. Is it kind of like the equivalent of Godfather Part 3? You could say that. Okay. And yeah. Rocky Balboa. Stay away from those. Yeah, I'm going to watch some more, you know? My second favorite Rocky is probably Rocky 3. Then you can get into a conversation, a debate about two versus four with Ivan Drago and Creed, if you include that, a part of the Rocky franchise. But let's get to that Deshaun Watson stuff. Deshaun agreed to a settlement today with the NFL. It's going to be 11 games and a $5 million fine. It's done. It's in the books. And whenever you settle, there's always going to be compromise. For Deshaun, he doesn't get hit with the full year suspension like the NFL clearly wanted. And in the NFL's case, they get to tack on five more games than Sue Robinson initially recommended. Personally, I'm just ready to move on from this. And I think the punishment is more, more than fair. It's not a popular thing to say. The popular thing to do is to say, no, nah, it should have been a year. Never let the guy play again. Let's flog him in the streets. Think about this. 11 games is the most severe punishment for a non-conviction, non-substance abuse, non-gambling offense ever. It's the largest suspension for that. Most times, when you're talking about more than 10 games, and I'll just go in the Roger Goodell era, it's Mike Vick. You're talking about Plaxico Burris, Pac-Man Jones, Dante Stallworth, who killed a guy, right? Crimes requiring jail time, being convicted, accepting plea deals. Deshaun was not charged criminally. Doesn't mean he's a saint. Doesn't mean he's innocent. Doesn't mean he doesn't deserve being punished for lying and never really taking ownership for doing creepy bleep. Not saying he's a good dude, but I don't think he should be banned from the NFL for a year or for his entire career. $5 million, that's a lot for an owner. This is this has to be the largest suspension that a player has ever received. $5 million? Also, his debut is going to be in Houston. That's a punishment in its own right. Hey, I'm sure the storylines are going to be awesome going into that. I'm sure those fans are going to be great to you. If you're looking at it from the NFL's perspective, it's kind of like that scene in The Hangover. Where it's like, hey, you know, you don't want to be embarrassed for having some drunk steal your cop car. You don't want that. Is there anything we can do? And then Rob Riggle looks at like a piece of paper. He's like, ha, ha. Any of you guys have like a heart condition or anything like that? And then they're getting shot with stun guns by kids. Getting shot with tasers. 
Yeah, you, you just look at that, you circle it. And the NFL, Rob Riggle laughed, looked at it and said, ah, yeah, let's have him play his first game against Houston. If you're the NFL, you want to undercut this Brown season and make it so they can't make the playoffs. And adding five additional games, I think, does the trick on that. That five-game stretch, those five extra games he's being suspended for, it's easily the most difficult stretch of the season for Cleveland. Here are the five games additionally he's going to be suspended for. At Baltimore, home against the AFC champion, defending AFC champion Bengals, at Miami, at Buffalo, home to Tampa. I don't know if they win any of those games without Deshaun Watson. So I think it's a fair punishment. Now let's just move the heck on. Somebody was going to pick him up. He was going to play again. And the Browns just so happened to be that team. And I actually thought their owner, Jimmy Haslam, made a good point earlier today in talking about just that. I struggle a little bit. Is, is he never supposed to play again? Is he never supposed to be part of society? Does he get no chance to rehabilitate himself? And that's what we're going to do, okay? And you can say, well, that's because he's a star quarterback. Well, of course. But if he was Joe Smith, he wouldn't be in the, on the headlines every day. So we think people deserve a second chance. We gave Kareem Hunt a second chance, okay? And that's worked out pretty well, okay? We're hoping this will work out, and we have strong belief it will. Yeah. What are, what are we supposed to do? That, that's always the thing that the people who are always carrying the pitch torques or the pitchforks and the, uh, the, the, the lit flames, they, they, they never tell you when you're allowed to return to society, when you're allowed to play again, when the punishment's too much, when it comes to people of celebrity, people of fame doing things wrong. Very good at handing out punishment, not very good about the rehab uh, rehabilitation side of it. Not even saying Deshaun really deserves that much sympathy. Maybe none at all, because he's not really acknowledging that he did anything wrong still. Not really a likable guy. Let me put that out there and make that perfectly clear. But he's not charged criminally, and this is a stiff punishment, incredibly stiff, more than 10 games, and a $5 million fine. The NFL did as much as I think they could do here. Tonight, we've got local high school, local college, and NFL football action that we're going to be following. We'll get into the details of that. Plus, we're going to bring back an old game from the early days of the show. Next on The Drive. Check this out. We're on at five. The perfect blend of sports and pop culture happens this evening at six with The Rich Eisen Show. Okay, let's get this show rolling. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. Crazy to think that high school football is back. Tonight, we've got Reagan and North Davidson and the man broadcasting high school football again on WSJS News Talk Sports. Dave Pulaski going to join us in just a few minutes. And this is the game I want to throw at Pulaski and to see if he's down playing with us. Early on in this show's history, about four years ago, we had some fun with Dash Baseball. And you guys in the audience really like this, I think, enough that you might remember it if you've been listening that long or if you don't know what I'm talking about here, I think you'll enjoy it moving forward. Yeah, I like movies. WD starting to pick up these things. And we threw movie lines at the Dash broadcaster at the time when we carried a Dash baseball game each week. 
and he would try to seamlessly incorporate that into his call of baseball action. So we would throw him something like, I remember we threw him Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead from Pulp Fiction. And our guy Joe back then would say, oh, this real striking, hulking figure would step into the batter's box. He looks like the type of guy who would ride a chopper and say, Zed's dead, Zed's dead, baby. 1-0 pitch inside, it's a ball, right? So if you have movie lines that you'd like to throw at us, for Dave Pulaski to incorporate into his high school football play-by-play tonight and moving forward into the season, send that into us. At WSJS Radio, we'll throw some lines at him when he joins us in a minute. North Davidson and Reagan later on tonight. Wake Forest football has a scrimmage tonight out at the stadium. Once every fall camp, Dave Clawson wants to see what it looks like, wants to simulate playing under the lights, and that's what tonight's going to be for the Demon Deacons. So we'll keep tabs on that as well. The Panthers' preseason game with the Patriots is tomorrow night. Do we have any NFL action tonight? Yes, we do. On ESPN, it's the Chicago Bears and the Seattle Seahawks. And a reason to care about this, I actually think the biggest storyline is in the TV booth, not on the field. I don't think we're going to see much from Justin Fields. Nobody knows anything about the Seahawks now that Russell Wilson's not there. Real quickly, WD, can you name three current Seattle Seahawks? You got Drew Locke. Yeah, yeah, Drew Locke. I'm trying to do this myself. Kenneth Walker. He's a deke. You've got Geno Smith as well. We did it. We got to three. Nobody really cares about the Seattle Seahawks team. But this is why I think the story's in the booth. It's going to be Joe Buck and Troy Aikman's ESPN debut. Uh, debut. Remember, they both left Fox during the offseason. They're going to be in the Monday Night Football booth. What an upgrade over Steve Levy and Brian Greasy. This is interesting. Like This tandem, it fits with the history of that Monday Night Football booth. Like you talk about some of the greatest football announcers ever from Howard Cosell and Gifford and Dandy Don Meredith to Al Michaels and John Madden. You're going to get that with Buck and Aikman. It's going to be weird kind of seeing that. Just like there was the news of the Big Ten getting, you know, going to have its games on CBS and C- CBS then attached Big Ten highlights to the CBS theme music. Just strange for you to get used to. It's going to be strange seeing Buck and Aikman with the ESPN Monday Night Football theme and having them do those games. But their crew working tonight on a Thursday, Seattle and Chicago. As I mentioned, right around the time Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are going to be going on the air, our guy Dave Pulaski will be on the call at 7.30 tonight for North Davidson and Regan. Set the scene for us, Dave. What's the big storyline heading into this opener? Well, Josh, that might have been the first time I've ever been mentioned in the same sentence as Joe Buck as an announcer, so I'll take that any day of the week. So thank you for that. Um, I mean, just the fact that we're having a high school football, you know, what would be Friday after a normal offseason, first time in three years that we've actually had that. Uh, you got to go back to 2019 when we had a normal offseason because you think about it, 2020 got pushed back to the spring season in 2021, and then the shortest 
offseason in North Carolina history, going between the spring and the fall, and now we're finally back to normal. And I think everybody can kind of breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief, and uh, not only uh, players, but coaches alike. Who's the strongest team in the area that you're most looking forward to watching this year? Uh, there's a couple. Um, I, I would say East Forsyth has a, a really strong team this year. They return uh, many of their starters, including their quarterback, Jalen Rayner, who is going to Arkansas State in the future. And uh, that team is primed for success, as they usually are every year. And uh, after they had a, a rough go a couple of years ago during the spring season with, with Rayner at quarterback when he was still learning the ropes, now this is an experienced and uh, battle-tested team and they're going to be itching to go. And, and same with Grimsley and Dudley. Dudley, the defending state champions, they have to replace their quarterback this year because Jameer Slate graduated, but they still have R.J. Baker, uh, a guy who can gain 1,000 yards both on the ground and through the air, uh, just kind of a Swiss Army knife of a running back. Uh, so Dudley still has uh, an excellent chance of trying to repeat this year. And Grimsley, they had to replace their quarterback as well. Alonzo Barnett, he's now at James Madison. But, you know, Grimsley's Grimsley. They have Jamal Jarrett the defensive tackle who's going to be going to Georgia next year, uh, uh, next season. Uh, they have a lot of good components on offense, and they are still probably the team to beat in that Metro 4A conference. Dave Pulaski going to be on the call for Reagan, North Davidson, 730 kick later on tonight. He is the voice of high school football here in the triad. Dave Pulaski, uh, I, I set up the premise of what we're going to try and do this football season a few minutes ago before you got in here. Are you much okay. of a movie fan at all? Yeah. Okay. So a few years ago, Dash Baseball, there was an announcer named Joe Wild that just seamlessly, like a craftsman, worked movie lines into his play-by-play that everybody enjoyed listening back to. It was one of the more fun things we did. I want to bring that back for high school football this year. How are you feeling about two or three lines we throw your way here and you try to incorporate into your play-by-play? Sure, let's go for it. Let's let's add to the challenge, right? Okay, I love that. Uh, WD, I want you to make sure you get these quotes to Dave verbatim. Text it to him after we're done this, so this way he doesn't have to, while he's getting out to the stadium, write this stuff down and know everything verbatim. You watched Rocky last night for the first time. WD, we'll get your review Wait, of Rocky you in a Rocky bit. Rocky for the first time? Uh, yes, no, no, we're that. not going to yep. get too much. See, Dave, we have a segment now that we do with him. He, oh, he knows. Yeah, he hasn't he seen knows. any of these movies, and Rocky was one that we knocked out this week. But I, I have a personal connection to Rocky, so that's why you know that even astounds me even more than it usually would. Perfect, because the the original Rocky was Chuck Wepner. Yes, Chuck Wepner was from Bayonne, New Jersey, which is where I'm from originally. How about that? So I think you'll appreciate a Rocky line being worked into the play-by-play tonight. What oh, do absolutely. you have that you, that you think Dave can work into the play-by-play? This is perfect for a big hit. Okay. Did you get the license number for the truck that ran over your face? I like it. Did you okay. get Did you get the license number for the truck that ran over your face? I think that's pretty good. I, I've got it down to three. Pulaski, you let me know which of these you like the most. See, okay. he's. I watched Rambo for the first time in the past week. Uh, he... And you know we're talking Stallone here. They drew First Blood. That might be I'm too. I'm a theme, yeah. They they that might be too easy. I watched old. That might be too easy for you. Old Country for Old Men. Watch that last night. You need mm-hmm. to call it. I can't call it for you. Won't it be fair? Or Super Bad. Fifteen year anniversary was yesterday. Have you ever stared into his eyes? It's like the first time I heard the Beatles. Hmm. 
find choices there. I, I feel like I feel like no country for old men would would be a gimme during the coin toss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If the coin toss makes the cut, yeah, that that'd be fantastic. Yeah, you know, no, no, no. It has to be in live action. Live action, Tracy. Live action. That's. It's live action, Tracy. Uh-huh. It's live action, Tracy. You know, I'm going to make the executive decision to give you the super bad quote. Have you ever right. stared into his eyes? It's like the first time I heard the Beatles. That's your challenge for today. And uh, we'll get some listener submissions and we'll send you, we might send you another one later on to incorporate into tonight. How's that sound? All right. That sounds like fun. All right, Dave, you have fun tonight and we'll talk to you next week. I will. Be a blast. Thanks, John. There he is, Dave Pulaski. You're on the air. Wake up with Jeffrey Griffin and Triad today. Weekday mornings at 7. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. There's a position battle going on with the Carolina Panthers that I don't think is getting enough attention. However... Before we get to that and at the movies, we've got really big breaking news that's just come down in the last few minutes. Today, the director of athletics at North Carolina A&T, Earl Hinton III, just announced that Will Jones is leaving the basketball program. Wow. 37-35 and 35 record. He's a good friend of ours. 24-15 and 15 against conference opponents. This doesn't make a lot of sense to me because it's August and usually you don't see coaches leaving a position at this time of year, nor do you see coaches being fired, but he took over the program on an interim basis way back in 2019 we were talking about Dick Vitale earlier. I remember Dickie V came on the show and he was advocating for Will Jones to have that interim tag removed and for him to be the permanent guy. That was right before COVID hit. He turned around that Aggie season and that was going to be an NCAA tournament team before COVID ended all conference tournaments at that point. He then became the guy and... He's had a couple of pretty good seasons. Phil Shumpert, who was an assistant for Will, is now going to take over on an interim basis. They said they're going to conduct the national search after this next basketball season. So Shumpert's going to be the guy for the entire year. This is the quote that was given to us by uh, Hilton. We appreciate all that Coach Jones accomplished for the North Carolina A&T men's basketball program, and we wish him best wish him well excuse me in his future endeavors we will rally around Shumpert as he prepares our young men for our first season in the CAA end quote per university policy this is the stuff that's garbage per university policy we cannot provide further comments on today's announcement so it sounds like to me that Will Jones is fired that's what he's I'm not, picking up he's not they announced a change in leadership not mutual parting of ways. Not, you know, Will Jones is resigning. No. This is a change to a coach who's had a winning record, nine games over 500 in conference, and we're making an abrupt change in August. 
not too long after he was in the studio and telling us how excited he was for this next basketball season. So Will Jones didn't leave here. Will Jones was fired. That's what this is. Per university policy, we cannot provide further comments. How about you just tell us whether or not it was your decision completely? And it doesn't, they're not even going to have a press conference for this? Per university policy, we're not going to have a press conference. Uh, all these other times that everybody has a press conference when they do something rash like this, I guess they all were breaking university policy. Oh, but A&T's university policy is a lot different. Really? Okay. Will Jones, no longer A&T's basketball coach. Hopefully we get some more answers on what exactly happened there by the end of today's show. Transitioning things to something slightly less important. WD watching Rocky for the first time. I don't know. Some people might say that's right on par. I mean, we had somebody I don't think is a huge sports fan that works in the law office next door walk through and she was telling me she has her dog that was named Rocky. Her dog was named Rocky. Nice. Yeah. And uh, she, I told her that, you know, you haven't seen Rocky before, and she was just aghast, just like Dave Pulaski was, and pretty much everybody listening. So maybe this is a huge headline that Will Dalton hasn't watched Rocky before. So let's go to the movies with Will Dalton. Unless you're talking about Star Wars. Obi-Wan has taught you well. Movies aren't exactly Will's thing. I don't get it. You uncultured swine! But that's about to change because Josh can't stand it anymore. This is At The Movies with Will Dalton. All right. The original Rocky, 1976, one best picture, 45 years ago, over Taxi Driver and The Conversation. Some view it as a... An Oscars crime that this movie won Best Picture, but sports fans would disagree vehemently against that everywhere. What did you like the most about Rocky? There's a nice plethora of things, but uh, I love the accents. Really? Yeah. And just the Italian vibe of like the entire, like every interaction just has that. Yeah, you know? It's very 70s that this started because before The Godfather... Italians were always played by Jewish men in movies, and it never really felt genuinely Italian until you got Pacino and others and The Godfather, and now you have this. This felt very Italian. And this movie does feel genuinely Italian. It's a good observation. And and bringing up The Godfather, I didn't have this in my review for that just because I didn't get to it, but like that... The Italian vibe was strong there, too, as it should be. Yeah. But, like, that whole scene where Clemenza's making the sauce and meatballs and That's showing right. Michael how to do it. Like, just Italian to the core. I of loved course. it. So, that's one thing you liked. What yeah. else in this plethora of things? Um, Let's see. Whenever he's on his date, which we'll get to this in a minute, with um, Adrian, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> She's like, I need to call my brother. He's like, I, I, I'll call him for you. So I'm like, oh, he's about to pick up the phone. He just yells out the window, Yo, Polly, your sister's with me. I'll call you back later. It's a pretty good line. Yeah. We'll get the best quote later. Mm-hmm. Uh, critically, I think this is the best movie of the franchise. But is it the most entertaining? I, I still think they grow in absurdity 
in two and three and four as you go on. But the best balance of this is a good movie versus this is just very fun, probably Rocky three. You mean in an action sense or like? Oh, yeah. Oh, they're just a lot of action, a lot of fun. They hit all the notes. It's not a very long movie. Things that I appreciate. What didn't you like about Rocky? The one thing that just was like, eh, that di- that first date with Adrian, going back to that. Really, if you just want to make this broad, it's it's the way that Adrian's it, treated the entire the entire movie. Y- like, yeah, you it, could it say is that. the seven, like the way she's treated by her brothers, the way yep. the jokes, the cracks that people make about her. You could never make today in the age of we got to be so conscious of the way we talk about mental health. Yes. Right? None of that ages very well. But then again, it's the 70s. It is. It's like Taxi Driver, as I mentioned, was the same year, and Jodie Foster's playing a teenage prostitute in that movie. It's a totally (laughs) different time. I mean, there's The Godfather had a 16-year-old. Yeah. That I Full did not frontal in that, that movie. Uh-huh. The Godfather, right? It's the 70s. It's different rules applied back then than apply today. Not saying that those rules don't exist for a reason, but we evolved as a culture. We evolved as a, as a society. That, that entire date between Rocky and Adrian was just really uncomfortable. Like, you've got Rocky basically talking to a wall because, like, mm-hmm. she's not giving him anything. Like, no response. You're very focused on that scene. I've never heard anybody talk so much about this this scene of Rocky. Well, I mean, I had to pick something I didn't like, and I liked the rest of the movie. Well, it sounded like you liked it, too. What, the date scene? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No, not really. You didn't like it. It was just an uncomfortable sequence. All right, what's the best quote? Let's see. I I used my uh, one quote I liked a minute ago, so here's my other one. Very early on when they're in the gym, this is Mickey, the coach. To Rocky, you know what you are, Rocky. Know what? A tomato. A tomato. Yeah. And I'm running a business here, not a soup kitchen. Classic. Oh, that was pretty good. For me, one that's always stuck to me is or stuck with me is when he's. It might have been post motivational montage or pre. When it's Thanksgiving, and some somebody's <laughs> like, "What are you doing, Rock?" It's like, to you, it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> to me, it's Thursday. <laughs> That's mwah, great. And yo, Adrian. All right. Let's see what you guess. The Rotten Tomato score for this movie is. What do you think it is? <sighs> Audience score. Well, I could see where, obviously, a lot of people like this movie. Can and, you get it within and, three? That's the question. And I could see where a lot of people maybe wouldn't be so crazy about like this movie. I could see both ends of the spectrum. So I'm just going to guess maybe an 84. And that might be a little low, but I don't know. You guessed 84 last week, and you were I, off by four. Yeah. You're off by seven this time. It's 91. Uh, that's funny, because I was originally going to go 90. I don't care what you were originally going to I know you don't with. care. I'm just telling you. I don't believe you. I don't care. Jesus knows. Yes, he does. We discussed it. That's been at the movies with the WD. The WD. We need to figure out what movie you're going to watch next week. That is the question. If you've got movie lines, send them in. 
for us to pass along to Dave Pulaski on the broadcast tonight. Reagan versus North Davidson, a 7.30 kick. And if you've got movie recommendations as well, I probably should have been flagging these week after week after week because people do send them in and we can only throw one at you. And I haven't been keeping track of what people have sent in past weeks. Probably should do that. We should start to get some of these on the calendar for WD as we head into the fall. The moment you've all been waiting for. You're on the drive with Josh Graham. Okay, let's dive right into college sports tender. If you don't know the concept, a lot of movement and realignment this offseason. So we thought it would be fun to act like these decisions were made on Tinder with some type of app. Last week we did the ACC, what teams might they accept to join the conference, which teams wouldn't they accept as a new member. Now let's look at this from the perspective of Greg Sankey, SEC commish, and for the purposes of this exercise, let's act like the grant of rights is not a thing. So the ACC does not have that protection through 2036. In a perfect world in the SEC's sense, which ACC teams would they take? Which ACC teams would they not take? That's the onus of this week's College Sports Tender. There are a lot of schools looking for greener pastures in college sports. Because it's green, the color of go, as in let's. To help play matchmaker, it's College Sports Tinder. I'll match my fanny against any fanny in America. Swipe left or swipe right. Like right now. Right now? Right now. Let's find some matches. Okay, WD, throw ACC teams my way. And real quickly, we'll blow through all 14 of them. Sorry, Notre Dame. You're not included in this. All right, let's start it off. The Carolina Tar Heels. The North Carolina Tar Heels. North Carolina Tar Heels. Swipe right. Yeah, definitely. This is like when you look at a profile and you're wondering whether or not you're going to get married before you even meet the person. Whoa. Whoa. She's super into Coldplay? That's cool. Wait a minute. She likes sports? Did she just make a Remember the Titans reference in her bio? When is the wedding? Let me make sure I get something booked because you got to book these things really far out now. That's what Carolina is in terms of a fit for the SEC. Wake Forest. Swipe left. They love their academics over there in Winston. It isn't to say they want to accept an invitation to join the SEC. What I'm saying is this just isn't a fit. It's like when you see a goth person on your feed, you're thinking, this is not a fit for me, but if I were a goth guy, I'm probably thinking this is awesome and this is a great fit. In no way is Wake Forest, other than geography, Wake Forest and the SEC a match. NC State. Yes, yes, yes. Swipe right. This might be the best match of any. Is there a more SEC school in the ACC than NC State? Obviously, the geography fits. Sure. 
but the fan base, the love of football. Okay, there are probably a couple other that would be in that discussion too, but also you'd want to add NC State if you're the SEC out of fear that lawmakers get involved with the public schools and say, if you're going to take Carolina, you have to take NC State too, or else we're going to block Carolina from going at all. So yeah, you, you, you swipe right on NC State. Duke. You got to swipe right. Because this comes with strings attached. It's like, I will, I'll go out on a date with you just as long as you get me tickets to this or you have these. It's like when you see someone and you're thinking about the perks. Oh, she works at a movie theater? Great. <laughs> I'm going to get into movies free all the time or else I don't see the benefit of pursuing this relationship at the start. Like, you add Duke because you get the Duke-Carolina rivalry. You're not going to be that interested in Duke unless you get Carolina too. So it's a swipe right because of Carolina being a swipe right. Boston College. <laughs> Just hit the buzzer. Yeah. <laughs> Do I even need to go into the reasons why? Like, this is, this is the one... That you just point and laugh at with your <laughs> friends. Or just go, yeah. You're like, wow, they thought that that was a good joke to put in the bio. You thought this was a good picture? Check out the angles. Come on, what are we doing here? BC, yeah. swipe left. Clemson. Now, this is the team I was thinking of in terms of who's a more SEC team than NC State. Yeah, you swipe right. Hey, Multi-time national champ in the last 10 years. Yeah, you are you got the rivalry with South Carolina. It's a ready-made fit. That would be I actually don't know if that'd be the first school that the SEC would be interested in from the ACC out of all of them because you do already have South Carolina covered and North Carolina is a more populous state. I think personally, I think Carolina would add more to the SEC than Clemson would, which might sound crazy to some, but Definitely Clemson's a swipe right. Georgia Tech. Ooh. Now I might be contradicting myself a little bit. I'm going to swipe left. Mm. Oh, but Josh, Georgia's in the league. Yeah, but you care a little bit too much about your academics over there at Tech, it sounds like. And not enough about being good in sports. They haven't been in a while since Paul Johnson was there running the triple. Jeff Collins is probably going to lose his job after this year. In basketball, I guess Josh Pasner is super positive and won the ACC tournament in 2021, but Georgia Tech is a swipe left, but it's not an easy swipe left. It's one of those that you were kind of on the fence on, and maybe you're thinking to yourself, it's not you, it's me. Florida State. Come on. Swipe right. Maybe it's not as much of a slam dunk because of the way they've performed in recent years, but it's still a national championship winning program. The Florida schools that you have in the conference right now might object to this, or I guess the Florida school in the conference, the University of Florida, but kind of like we saw with Texas A&M, they didn't want Texas joining the SEC, but you only had one vote, and... 
the other schools in the conference will see that it makes sense to have Florida State in there as a national championship program. So, yeah, it's a swipe right. Louisville. Ooh. This might be the hardest one. I'm going to swipe right. I sound like Rob Gronkowski. Remember he... Do you remember him describing what his strategy on Tinder was once upon a time? No. Just swipe right on everybody and figure out the rest later. Yeah. He's got the little machine that goes... That's wrong. Uh-huh. That's kind of how I feel like here. A lot of swipe rights right now. Uh, I swipe right on Louisville because of the Adidas money. And I think because of the budget. And you kind of can own the bluegrass, given that you already have Kentucky in the conference. I think it makes a lot of sense to add Louisville in a way it doesn't for Georgia Tech. It just seems like they're a little bit more committed to football and basketball being successful. Hit. Swipe left. <laughs> Tough. Geographically, doesn't make a lot of sense. It's not the craziest thought, but you're looking at it and you're thinking, why is this person... 1,250 miles away from me. Oh, yeah. Available for me to match. Oh, this was when I was in the airport sitting there swiping. Got it. Pits a swipe left. Miami. Swipe right. Just get to the point. Get to South Beach. Gainesville's not South Beach. Neither is Tallahassee. Swipe right on the Hurricanes. Syracuse. Now, there might be some thought here because of the TV market. You get the state of New York. But swipe left geographically. Ugh. Not that that really matters so much anymore. You're adding Texas and Oklahoma, but this is even more of a stretch. I mean, it's not even... You don't want to go to states where it's freezing cold all the time and Syracuse just doesn't fit. Let's move this thing along. UBA. Swipe right. I'm a UVA homer now that I'm married to Sarah Bradford. But I do think UVA has more value than the other team in the state of Virginia. The history, the prominence, the budgets. I I think Virginia, there, you get a larger fan base in, in Virginia, albeit Virginia Tech closing in that, but swipe right on the Cavs. And Virginia Tech. It's a lot like what we were talking about earlier with North Carolina and Duke. If Virginia is a yes, then Virginia Tech's a yes. And their fan base will fit right in with SEC fans. So seeing where I ended up here, I've got eight yeses and six no's. The SEC has 16 teams or will have 16 teams when Texas and Oklahoma join. Could they get to that round number of 24? Maybe that's what we're looking at by the time we get to 2040, 2036. 15, 20 years from now. I don't know. I don't know. I certainly wouldn't advocate for that, but that's been college sports tender. Got a lot of swipes in. Now comes the moment that you have all been waiting for. All right, whenever you're ready. This is The Drive with Josh Graham. Will Ro watched uh, Rocky for the first time last night. We need to figure out what movie he needs to watch for the first time next week. 
going through some of the tweets we've received here from Brett and Art. Have you seen Remember the Titans? I have not. Have you seen The Usual Suspects? I have not. Okay. Just a couple that we have on the list here. Continue to send those in at WSGS Radio or the drive at WSGS.com on our email feed. We now go to Foxborough or maybe Boston specifically. I don't know where Bill Vogue is staying, where the Carolina Panthers are at, but he joins us now in the greater New England area. Bill, I hear, uh, I actually mean this sincerely, I hear Massachusetts a lovely place to be this time of year. It really is, uh, unless you really love the humidity down there. So, Bill, we get the uh, reports from The Athletic yesterday talking about quarterbacks and specifically Baker is expected to be the starter. Whenever a decision is officially made, will it be made first at Panthers.com? Will we learn about it first at Panthers.com? I have no idea. I mean, mean, you don't really probably trade for a guy a couple months ago and not have it earmarked for this. So obviously, you know, they were going to have this competition, but it, it, it figures like, you know, where the the news is kind of funny these days that it's just we're all just kind of reporting things that everyone kind of already knows um, for the most part, um, or at least are assuming. So while it's not official, um, I don't think it, it, anyone's really been expecting Baker Mayfield to be standing on the sideline week one when the Browns are in town. So um, I don't know. I, I'm not really breathlessly awaiting any official announcement. Um, so, uh, but it will be coming, and I know that um, you know people will then people will either be like, oh, wow, or people will roll their eyes and say, like, of course. So it doesn't really seem to be really like big news, news, breaking news type headlines, you know? What kind of guys are we going to see in the first quarter of tomorrow's game? Uh, probably not a lot of starters. Um, you know, maybe maybe someone like Iki Aquanu, uh is, is, is a starter you might see out there, but it's the same drill as last year. They um, – I think it was joint practice was the Ravens or was it the That's Colts? Right. I can't the Col- remember. I think they uh, actually did both the of second. them. Yeah, they did. But the second week, the second preseason game, mm. they said, "Well, we've got enough reps in with the ones." Plus, they're a bit dinged up right now. Uh, we got enough reps in with the ones during joint practices, um, so we're going to give you know the twos and threes most of the reps in the game, and then um, really that third preseason game is like it always has kind of been, which is like that's the quote unquote dress rehearsal. Um, and then there's no fourth preseason game that everyone has to just kind of go through the motions for. Bill Vos with us here on Twitter at Panthers. Bill, read, watch, listen to the content that Bill helps procure at Panthers.com. I was trying to think of a good verb to use there. Is uh, the future, if you look at the future, it seems like um, 18 regular season games going to happen at some point, and we already saw... The schedule go from 16 to 17, and they rolled back one preseason game. So now we have three now, as you were kind of outlining the strategy, changing a bit by coaches. How many games do you play the starters in? How much do you play the starters in? But I I wonder what you think about joint practices moving forward. Is the way of the future more joint practices and less preseason games? And if that were to be the case, well, is there a television element of this that you could work in without the coaches then being cagey with what they show? Huh, absolutely not, because they'll always be cagey with what they show. I mean, what people can show from training camp is getting less and less and less. And I know fans and media and, and us were, you know, upset about what we could and couldn't show during training camp this year. But it's 
like I know a lot of people are like, oh, the Panthers are the only team that are doing this. No, they're not. Every team's doing it. And uh, we were just what is it? this week where it's a lot it's a lot worse, where like fans can't take video, where media and even internal media can't take video. Um, but even uh, the restrictions in Spartanburg weren't nearly what the restrictions were here in New England. So um, this is just the way of the CIA NFL. Um, you know, you have all these fans out there and they're seeing these things. And then um, coaches think that if you're showing these plays and whatnot, uh, whether you're a fan or whether you're external or internal media, it's going to give away secrets. So um, no one's allowed to be showing any of these things. So no, I don't think any joint practices will ever be um, broadcast anywhere um, with the way these uh, these coaches and the league is. But do you think that if we go to 18 games, we're going to roll back the preseason anyway and still see more of these joint practices given what coaches get out of it? I mean, it doesn't really make sense to travel just to practice. Um I guess maybe you could do some regional things. I guess maybe you would do like, hey, Panthers in Atlanta, but that doesn't really make sense either. I don't know why you would do divisional rivalries for things like that. Yeah. Um, so I guess it could potentially be an option, but it seems like a pretty pricey option to do stuff like that because owners can make money off of preseason games. They can't make money off of joint practices. Um, so I don't know if they would spend the money to ship a team up somewhere, keep them there for – three, four, five days, uh, however much money that costs. I was on the elevator with somebody today from Arizona. Like, How much does it cost? I don't know, but it's probably not cheap. Um, and so if the owners aren't going to make that money back, I, I don't know if they would go through the exercise of doing that. I think the joint practices just line up nicely when you're playing a preseason game where, and then there's a gate to go along with it at the end of the week. You grew up a Browns fan, yes? Correct. So you've watched Baker Mayfield as a fan while working for the Carolina Panthers now that you've seen him up close, or at least closer than the way that you were able to watch while also doing stuff with the Panthers, what has impressed you the most in what you've seen up close? Um, I don't know about impressed. I just know that you know relevance is what, in my position, I've always, I've always craved, I've always wanted, whether I was outside media or in, inside internal media. It's just you, know, you want it to matter. And Baker is a polarizing figure, so he makes the Panthers – matter more in some respects. Um, so that to me is, is again, I don't want to say impressive because Cam Newton was here and that he's, he's a different planet. Um, so it's, it's nice to have that juice around. Um, and, um, I think that that juice will grow if, and when that official announcement comes, then it can, you know, that'll grow a little bit more. Um, and so, uh, I, I think that's, that's been the most interesting part to me is that, even though it's this whole, okay, there's this competition here, um, having him around and he's, he's said all the right things. Everyone said all the right things. So it hasn't been like Baker's the guy yet, but if, and when Baker becomes the guy, uh, then, um, you know, you just, there's just, especially in Cleveland week one, I mean, my God, the focus, the obsession that Cleveland fans have with Baker is amazing. So, um, you know, that doesn't move the national needle fans in Cleveland. Um, but they're, they're obsessed with Baker. Um, you know, the Baker bros, the people who can't stand Baker. Um, he's so unbelievably polarized. Well, not unbelievably polarizing. I mean, the Panthers lived that with Cam Newton. Um, and, um, it's a, it's, it's a lot like that. It's just Baker, you know, in his, in his few years, didn't have the success that Cam did. Yeah. And it makes selfishly. It's what, what we want in our industry. You mentioned the word relevance. I, it's just personality. When you talk about yeah. quarterbacks nowadays are like, politicians with the way that they try to get through these press conferences and cam newton 
regardless if it was a win or a loss. You had to be there for that press conference to hear what he has to say. And Baker Mayfield, I hope we get some of that when and if he's named the starting quarterback. Bill Voth is with us here. Have you been around him enough? We heard the we watched the Panthers Confidential earlier this week where Baker was mic'd up. What's the best Baker story that you've gathered so far, either with him interacting with fans up there or in Charlotte or in Spartanburg or something that you caught on the mic'd up that didn't make it into the confidential video? Um, I don't really, I don't, I don't really have one. I mean, he's, he's, he's been saying all, all the right things. He's been kind of not getting too far ahead. Um, I think he said something, um, in his, in his press conference last night or yesterday, yesterday afternoon after the joint practice, something about, he went, um, someone asked him about, you know, the fights and, in and, 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 you know, what he thought about him or something like that. And he said, I, you know, went back into my inmate training or something like that. So <laughs> I don't really have a good breaker story yet. Cause you know, we don't hang out. Um, but, uh, I, I'm sure we will all see them, um, over the next couple months. And, um, you know, yeah, as you said, he, he shows a personality and, um, whether you win or lose in our business, if, even if you lose with a personality, um, that's, that's more fun than if you, it's just kind of like, eh, and you win like seven games. I never had a chance to ask you this, but since you brought up Cam Newton a short while ago, I figured I'd throw it at you. We saw the second tour of duty last fall. Didn't go the way that I'm sure a lot of Panther fans would have wanted it to go, but what did that what did that do for the Panthers' relationship as an organization with maybe the most important player that's ever played in Carolina? Like, how much better or worse is the Panthers' relationship with Cam today versus August of 2021 a year ago? I mean, there's always going to have to be like a, somewhat of a reconciliation. Um, so that just and it was always going to happen, just like with Steve Smith, it was always going to happen. Um, but divorces always have to happen too. Um, and then when divorces happen with, you know, the best players in your franchise, um, it's very uncomfortable and feelings get hurt, um, on the player side and feelings get hurt in the fan base. And then usually cause they're the greatest players that have ever played for your franchise and time passes a little bit, then, um, you know, people come back together. And I think, um, Cam was looking for a job last year. Panthers were looking for someone to take some snaps last year, so that uh, reconciliation was just accelerated a little bit. And um, you know, the money he could make while doing that, and the opportunity to take a few snaps again—it um, was hard to turn down. Bill, both hope you enjoy the rest of your stay. Are you in Boston? Where are you at? Yes, I'm uh, looking at uh, Boston. I'm looking at the water as we speak. So uh, it's been—it's been—it's been a lovely week. You enjoy that. And then uh, I'll see you in a few weeks at Bank of America Stadium. Thanks for doing this, buddy. Sounds good. Have a good night. No doubt. It is Bill Both joining us from Panthers.com. Okay. We're going to lock in just those two quotes. We're going to keep it easy. We're going to start out easy for Pulaski tonight as North Davidson faces Reagan tonight. We're going to keep it easy. That super bad quote. Have you ever looked into his eyes? It's like the first time I listened to the Beatles and you with the beautifully eloquent Rocky quote. Did you get the license number for the truck that just ran over you? Mm-hmm. 
He's going to try and work that into his play-by-play tonight. Excited about that. We need you to pick a movie for next week. And next week is week zero for college football. Week zero. We're nine days away from college football games in this state kicking off. Here we go. North Carolina facing Florida A&M. So it just seems like to me that we should... You watched Rocky this week. Okay, do I want to throw you sports movies back-to-back week? No, I don't. I don't want to do that. So, you know, usual suspects. What do you know about that movie? Not a thing. Because I brought it up a couple days ago, and you acted like you knew what it was. You did? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you remember what you brought up? 27-year anniversary was yesterday. That was Unusual Suspects? Mm-hmm. The Usual Suspects. Oh. Uh, no, I've never seen that. Okay. Well, then that'll be your movie for next week. Hmm. The Usual Suspects. And then the week after that, tentatively is Remember the Titans, unless somebody su- suggests a better movie for you to watch than Remember the Titans a couple weeks from now. Because guess what? Maybe we can litigate this whenever you watch it. I'm not a big fan. I'm not really a big fan of any football movie. I believe I remember you saying that before. Football movies? I don't think anyone's done a great football movie yet. North Dallas 40, don't throw that at me. Blindside, certainly don't do that. Like, Why not the blindside? I'm, I'm dead serious. It's, it, 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 it's like a case in point. It's like a the Green Book of sports movies. You don't know what that means because you haven't seen Green Book. But it is the ultimate white savior movie, right? Hey, we need Sandra Bullock and this white family going to save the day, the black youth of America. I mean, it was The most egregious example might be La La Land. I love La La Land. Don't get me wrong. But like Ryan Gosling save jazz music. That's what we're doing. Okay. No, that, but that's not my biggest problem with Blindside. There are a lot of factual inaccuracies in that movie, which is a big part of my problem with uh, Remember the Titans. But I don't think there was a, and I know there are going to be some Wake Forest fans that say, Brian's song, like Andrew's writing in, what about radio? Now, you're putting me in position to be a real bleephole for hating on radio. Okay? Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to do that. Not going to do that because I enjoyed radio. I did. But you do me a favor. The next time you watch radio, you watch those football scenes and you tell me if those are good football scenes. And you tell me how believable Ed Harris is as a football coach. That's another thing. That's one of my issues with sports movies as a whole is like sometimes they're really not believable. And no. Like, no, no. That's why I'm not a huge sports movie fan. But I honest. get it. Radio, true story, lovable. Who doesn't like radio? Okay. It's good, but is it great? Is it a great sports movie? Because we have great sports movies. Sure. Like Bull Durham, Field of Dreams. Like there are a ton of great baseball movies. Great. Like not... I'm not loosely using the word great. Truly great sports movies. 
that are baseball movies. But there's not one football movie, not even radio, sorry, Andrew, that I would put side-by-side side with any of those baseball movies. Did you say you were a big fan of basketball movies either? I feel like you said you weren't. It depends. It depends. Like Hoosiers, that's a great sports movie. 35 years later, that still hits. That is a great sports movie, Hoosiers. But there are not a lot of them. No. They're not. There aren't. Like, what What do you think the greatest basketball movie is? I'm the wrong person to ask. You really are. Because I don't even know what what they are. You haven't seen a basketball movie? I'm sure I have, but I couldn't tell you, like, it was this, like, what the title was or what, but <sighs> I couldn't. Coach Carter? I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it was when I watched okay. it. Okay, you, know, uh, you don't know what it was when you watched it. This is 2022 when everybody's streaming things and you just pull things up on demand. Will Dalton, first time I've ever confused him with being an old soul. Is he the type that's like flipping through the dial? Oh, what am I watching? Oh, I don't know. It was just on for about a half hour. I don't know what I was watching. I don't, what do you mean you don't know what you were watching? Okay, so we know next week is the usual suspects. I don't know what we're doing beyond that. Let's go to Andy in High Point. Is this the guy who's tweeting me about radio? Is that you, Andy? I think so. Yeah, yeah, that was me, and I'm willing to, to yield on that. But you were talking about uh, basketball and baseball. So Please. I wanted to bring up, instead of Remember the Titans, you could have uh, WD Watch Goon or Miracle. Miracle or Goon. Wow. Well, if we're going to do hockey movies, we're going slap shot, no? Uh, You're no, not a big Paul Newman no. guy? Hustler. No, that's a great one. You got it's Miracle, then Goon, then Mighty Ducks. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate the call. You've probably seen Mighty Ducks. I've not seen No! Mighty. Miracle? Um, the U.S. hockey team? Are you a common communist? <laughs> I don't watch movies. I, it's unbelievable. I'm like, sorry. this is a Disney movie. Okay. It's like... Uh, uh. Like, do you, do you believe in miracles? Yes. Of course uh, I do. The speech, Herb Brooks. Tonight, you're the greatest hockey team in the world. I'm surprised you haven't wanted me to watch Caddyshack. There are just so many movies. Because I remember that that was one of David Glenn's favorites, I think. There are just so many movies, man. We'll get to Caddyshack eventually. I didn't know you hadn't watched Caddyshack. Now I do. You should have assumed. Thank you. Yep. 